This is the Dexter First Pentecostal Church podcast. Dexter First Pentecostal Church is located at 1213 North One Mile Road in Dexter, Missouri. Our current service times are Sunday morning at 1030 and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. Today's message is entitled, A Marvel to Behold. It was preached by Pastor Jeff Wells on Sunday morning, January 3rd, 2021. Our prayer and hope is that it is a blessing to you. Habakkuk chapter number one. The Bible says, The burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see, O Lord, how long shall I cry, and thou wilt not hear? Even cry out unto thee of violence, and thou wilt not save. Why, why dost thou sh- show me iniquity, and cause me to behold grievance? For spoiling and violence are before me, and there are that that raise up strife and contention. Therefore the law is slacked, and judgment doth never go forth. For the wicked doth compass about the righteous. Therefore wrong judgment proceedeth. Habakkuk is saying, Lord, nothing's changing. I'm, I, it, it was bad when, I, when, I, when it started, and it's getting worse. Nothing's changing. Verse 5 is the Lord's reply. He says, Behold ye among the heathen, regard and wonder marvelously. For I will work a work in your days, which you will not believe, though it be told you. One translation says, The Lord replied, Look around at the nations, look and be amazed. For I am doing something in your own day, something that you wouldn't believe, even if someone told you about it. I'm going to do something that is so magnificent, so wonderful, so beyond your ability to even imagine. Amen. Praise God. And notice he said, I'm doing it. Even in the midst of your trial, in the midst of your horrible circumstances, God is still working. He never stops working. It may look as if God's not doing anything, but you can trust and rest assured today that God is up to something. I want to preach for just a few moments this morning simply this, a marvel to behold. Lord, we thank you this morning. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. We're thankful, God, for your word, its power, Lord, its authority. And I pray this morning, God, again, that you would anoint our minds. Help us, Lord, to have eyes of understanding that we can see. And Lord, clearly give us, Lord, that understanding today. We thank you and we give you honor and praise in Jesus' name. Everybody said in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. You can be seated. Amen for a moment. Praise God. Imagination. The word imagination defined is the act or the power of forming a mental image of something not present to the senses or never before wholly perceived in reality. Something that's make-believe. Something that doesn't exist but yet within the confines of your mind. I believe that one's imagination is very, very powerful. As a child, I can remember beginning our day, amen, with this statement. Let's pretend. 
whether it be a professional ball player, a soldier on a battlefield, or a doctor in the operating room. Amen. It was through our imaginations that we were always proficient. I never imagined to be a loser. I never imagined to be the soldier that lost the battle. Matter of fact, the professional player that I imagined to be, I always won the game. If it were basketball, if I, if I missed that last second shot, I would suddenly get fouled. And I was allowed to shoot a free throw. If I missed the free throw, the other opposing team stepped over the line and was a penalty. I got to shoot again. I always won the game. Because the, the destination or the, the destiny, I guess, it, it, it resided within my mind. I didn't want to imagine to be a loser. I always imagined to be a winner. <laughs> Amen. I would take a pizza pan, circle pizza pan, and a drumstick. And that was my steering wheel and my gear shift. And from the couch in my living room, I would travel all over the country. I took people with me if they wanted to go. Where are we going? Well, just hang in there, I'll tell you. Because it was all in my imagination. Wherever I wanted to go, that's where I would go. But as we get older, we tend to lose certain aspects of our imagination. Part of that is the process of developing into a functional adult, which is a good thing. But many times as life, and it, and it does, it hits us up one side and down the other. Uh, amen. We begin to become more and more, what's that word, Rob? Cynical. Amen. We, we become cynical. The word cynical defined is Believing that people are motivated by self-interest, distrustful of human sincerity or integrity. People let you down. People don't follow through with what they, what they say. Their word is no, of no value. And because of disappointments and frustrations that that causes, we tend to want to not believe anybody or feel that we can't trust anybody. You see, the fact is that as we mature, we realize more and more that the dreams that we have, for them to happen, it is going to have to take a whole lot more than us just saying, let's pretend. Chances are, for our dreams to come to pass, we are going to have to have the involvement of someone other than ourselves. And if you prescribe to the notion that no one can be trusted then you're going to also tend to reside to the fact that it will never happen. I cannot create my own destiny, not, not, not alone. Now, there may be some here this morning that would want to debate that and say, I don't believe that, preacher. I believe I can be a, a self-made man or a, or a self-made woman. I'm telling you, friend, uh, you, may intentional, you may have intentions of becoming that, but you need someone outside of yourself uh, to help you become the person uh, that you're really supposed to be. Uh, and especially for your dreams to come to pass, you cannot create that on your own. Amen. God put within us the, the power and the ability to dream. I, I believe this morning all of our children, they went downstairs for Sunday school. And I believe all of us that are left up here, we're the, we're quote, the adults. Amen. We're, we're the more grown up ones. But I believe that in every single person here this morning, from the youngest to the oldest, there is still inside of us a child that wants to dream. <laughs> 
Now, I, I, don't, I don't get a pizza pan no more and a drumstick and sit on my couch and go places, okay? I don't do that. And I, don't, I don't wake up in the morning and say, hey, let's pretend. But I'm telling you, I've got within me dreams, things that are beyond reality, things that, that I don't, I, I've never seen happen. It's, it, it, they're, they're, they're dreams. They're, they're hopes. They're, 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 they're deep within me. And, and those, those aspirations, that is not man. May God put within me the ability to dream. In Genesis chapter 11 and verse 6, talking about those at the Tower of Babel, the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language, and this they begin to do. Notice he said, Now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. I'm telling you, amen, you are a creation of God. Amen. From the smartest to the not as smartest. <laughs> Regardless of what your IQ level is, the reality is you are an amazing creation. God has put within every single one of us, amen, things that we don't really understand. Where do those dreams come from? Where do those hopes come from? Where, where does that longing from deep within me to somehow find my purpose, my place in this world? I'm telling you, you didn't just wake up and create that, but that was placed within you by an eternal God that created you to be an eternal soul. The ability to dream. I believe this morning, God is not a cruel God. I don't know what your perception of God is, some may, may, may think or, or, or it may seem as if that God is this authoritative uh, being that's ready for me. If I, if I get out of line, he's going to knock me back. No, 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 that, that's, not, that's, not a, that's not a healthy view of God. God God's not, not this authoritative. Uh, I mean, he, he, is, he is God. He is, he is in control of everything. Uh, but, but God is one. He, he is a God of love. The Bible tells us that he is love. Amen. How many believe that this morning? The Bible says that, that he knows the thoughts that he thinks towards us. To give us an expected end, Jeremiah said. Amen. The writer in the New Testament says that he is the author and he is the finisher of our faith. He, he's the one that holds the pen in his hand and he's writing our story. But the thing about this author of our story is that you and I at any time, if we want to, we can try to take the pen out of his hand and say, I don't want to do it your way, God. I want to do it my own way. And I've done that. And I'm sure others here as well have done the same. And those outcomes aren't very good. Matter of fact, those might be some of the darkest times of my life is when I've tried to do it my own way. But if I'll trust the author, amen, he's the one that knows where he knows the end while standing at the beginning. He knows the thoughts he thinks towards me. He knows exactly how he made me so that my purpose would be fulfilling and I would find my place. But I've got to trust him for that. Amen. But he puts within us that ability to dream. I believe this morning that God... He wants to go beyond what you or myself are even able to imagine. As much as I can imagine, as big as my imagination may be, I don't believe that that puts the boundary on what God is able to do. If I can imagine this morning a, a life of freedom because I've been so bound and so held captive, uh, whatever my imagination of what freedom is, let me tell you, friend, it's even better than that. 
Why? Because I cannot put a boundary on God's ability. Whatever I imagine Him to do, He can even do more than that. There may be those here this morning that you'd say, well... Kind of like the prodigal son. I, I, I don't really have a big long, long list of, of expectations. I just like to go back home and be a, and be a servant. That's all, that's all I'd care to do. But God had so much more in mind for the prodigal than just that. Amen. No, I don't want you being a servant. You're my son. And you were lost, but now you're found. Come back home. Amen. Let's get the fatted calf. Let's get him a robe. Let's get him a ring. So much more than what he was expecting. Amen. That's what God wants to do. The Bible says in Hebrews 11 and 1 that now faith is the substance of things hoped for. And it's the evidence of things not seen. I, I like the, the amplified version reads it. says now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things that we hope for being the proof of things that we do not see and the conviction of their reality, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. You and I, we are three-dimensional. We exist with five senses. Amen. That, that gives us the ability to, to give our perceptions and our thoughts and our ideas. Amen. But God says that I'm going to give you a measure of faith that is going to give you the ability to see those things that has not been revealed to your senses. You can't really even imagine what what I'm going to do, amen, but I'm going to do beyond anything you can imagine. Habakkuk. I want to read this in the New Living Translation. How long, O oh Lord, must I call for help? But you don't listen. Now, now, do you think God don't listen? Yeah, God hears. But from Habakkuk's perspective, Lord, nothing's changing. It's as if you're not, you're not listening to me. Amen. Violence is everywhere. I cry, but you don't come to save. It just seems like, Lord, you're not concerned about my situation. You don't have to raise your hand, but I, I believe there are many here this morning that have probably felt the very same way. God, it just, it just don't seem like you're concerned. Must I forever see these evil deeds? Why must I watch all this misery? Wherever I look, I see destruction and violence. I'm surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. The law has become paralyzed. There's no justice in the courts. The wicked far outnumber the righteous. So that justice has become perverted. And then comes the Lord's reply. Behold ye among the heathen. <laughs> Regard, and I want you to wonder marvelously. I'm fixing to do something that is so magnificent. Uh, I am I'm going to work a work in your day. I, I, you're going to see it, Habakkuk. This is not something I'm going to do way down the road when you're not around any long, but you're going to see it for yourself. You're going to be able to witness uh, the thing I'm going to do. Uh, and if I were to tell you what I was going to do, you wouldn't believe me. Why is that? That's no mark against Habakkuk. Uh, that's not because Habakkuk wasn't a spiritual person. Uh, it was because it was beyond his imagination of what God could do. 
Isaiah 43 and 19 says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Amen. Now it will uh, spring forth. Uh, shall, it, shall you not know it? Uh, I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Uh, amen. Amplified says, Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive and know it? I believe this morning, amen, that there, there are, again, a variety of different type of people. We have different ideas. We have different imaginations. Some might be a little more, like my, my wife, when she tells a story, she gives the in-color version. 4K color. I'm telling you, it is, she gives every single detail. I am strictly black and white. I'm only going to give you the, what I feel is the most important details. I leave out a whole lot of context, uh, amen, but she gives the full color. That's, we're, all, we're all unique, uh, amen. Some, some, are, some are colored people, uh, amen. Some are black and white people, uh, amen. Some, some are different, different levels of imagination. But I believe that God gives every single one of us an ability or the power of perception. I believe that God... Because I'm not, I'm not preaching here this morning just, okay, guys, let's just dream these big old dreams. And let's just, let's just I, I believe God can direct our perceptions to the things that God is wanting to do. There may be some here this morning who say, well, my dream, Pastor, is to win the lottery. Well, that may not be God's dream for you. Amen. There may be somebody here who say, well, my, 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 dream is to, my dream is for my spouse to change. Nobody said amen there too much. I didn't hear. It was under. It was. It was silent. Amen. All right, Pastor. But the reality is that, that that what we would say is our dream. But God, I believe, wants to wants to give us a perception of the things that He's wanting to do. The spiritual perception is the ability to see beneath the outward form to the underlying, often hidden reality. Reality is this morning, we could probably relate a lot to Habakkuk. When you look at the chaos that our world is in, our nation is in, Brother Payne already mentioned this week, I'm, I'm telling you, we got, there's a lot of uncertainties. And it would be real easy to say, man, this place is in a mess. But I'm telling you, there is something, there is a hidden reality that maybe nobody else sees. CNN's not reporting it. To Fox News isn't reporting it. To nobody's reporting it because nobody is seeing it. But I believe God can give you and I as the church, amen, a perception. That is something that, not, that is not broadcasted. Our perception determines our direction. Amen. If we want to listen to all the news and the naysayers, uh, we, can, we can join and say, oh, things are, things are too far gone. But I, I'm telling you, friend, we're talking this morning about a God who's not just a God that cannot be reached. He hears our prayers. We reach out to him. Amen. We feel his embrace. We feel his presence. But this goes beyond anything I feel. But I'm talking about, amen, a, a level of revelation. God can reveal to us who He is. How many are thankful for your revelation that you have of God? Can I tell you this morning, I'm just going to throw this one in here, that your worship shows your level of revelation. I don't worship God because the song sounds good or because I feel something, but I'm going to worship God because I know who He is. I know what He's done for me. I know that I wouldn't be where I am today if it hadn't been for the goodness of the Lord. Amen. Perception. 
I want to go to the book of 2 Kings. Amen. Chapter 4. Just a second. It's an oven up here, guys. Amen. I bet you it's 15 degrees hotter up here than it is out there. Anyway, that's my problem, not yours. 2 Kings chapter 4. I love the story. The Bible speaks, we're going to start at verse number 9. We're talking about a woman here. She is a Shunammite woman. And she looks at her husband and says, Behold, I perceive that this, speaking of Elisha, is a holy man of God. Elisha would come by their house. He would come by their, their home on, on, a, on, a, on a pretty regular basis. And she says, I've got a, something tells me, something I perceive, that this is a, a holy man of God. The word perceived there is a Hebrew word called, it's Y-A-D-A, yada. It means to know. Amen. One translation says that the Shunammite woman says, I am sure this man is a holy man of God. So she makes a suggestion to her husband. She says, let us make a little chamber. I pray thee on, on the wall and let us set for him there a bed, a table, a stool, a candlestick. That way when he comes by, he has a place that he can turn into, he can rest. Her perception caused her to make room for the things of God to reside within her residence. I'm telling you, your perception's powerful. What, what does it always say? Your perception is your reality. It is. Amen. Her perception, not only did it allow the things of God to reside within her home, but it also, unknowing to her, it set into motion the miracle or the dream of her own barrenness to be reversed. She did not tell her husband, hey, I, I really feel like if we do this, I think this is going to happen. She had no, this was not on her radar. She wasn't imagining this. She wasn't even thinking of any of this. But she just simply on her perception that he was a man of God, they built a room to their house. And as a result of that, the Bible says it fell on a day. That when he came, the man of God came and turned into the chamber and he lay there. He looked at his servant Gehazi and he said, I want you to call this Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood before him and he said, I want you to say unto her, you've been so kind to us. You, you've, you've built this room on your, you didn't have to do this. We didn't ask, but just out of the kindness of your heart, you've done this. What can we do for you now? We want to repay. We want to give you a, a thank you. Well, the Bible says that, amen, that she said, well, I, I dwell among my own people. Basically, she said, I don't really have any, I'm good. I don't have any needs. I mean, matter of fact, she was a pretty wealthy woman. There was no, she didn't think of anything. I, I'm good. But then, he said, what then is to be done to her? And Gehazi, the servant, answered and says, man of God, she has no child. She's barren. Now, isn't that, a, to me, that's amazing that here, here he asked her, what can I do for you? And she didn't even think about the fact that she was barren, which tells me that she had kind of gotten used to living that way. She had kind of gotten used to, well, that's reality. Nothing's ever going to change. But notice what the Bible says, amen, that when she, when she comes in, amen, he says, about this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And then she says, Nay, my Lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thine handmaid. 
tells me a couple of things. One, maybe, maybe she hadn't really, maybe she just gotten used to, to, to being barren. That's just kind of her reality. Or she, she felt that it was so impossible for that to ever be reversed that when he makes this suggestion, she says, don't you dare tease me. You don't know how, how many nights maybe I have cried myself to sleep because my reality had never changed. And now you brought this up. Don't you lie to me. And the Bible says the woman conceived and bare a son. Amen. At that season and that Elisha had said to her according to the time of life. Amen. <laughs> One translation says she looked at the man of God and she said, Oh, man of God, don't you deceive me and get my hopes up like that. Isn't it amazing how when we, when we live around disappointment enough, we just don't dream anymore at all. It's just kind of easier not to get our hopes up. Because nobody likes getting your hopes up and then seeing them crash to, to bits and pieces. So we just don't dream at all. That's kind of where she had gotten to. I just quit dreaming that dream. I quit imagining anything ever being different. So don't get my hopes up for them to be broken. Amen. Can I tell you this morning that God does what he says that he is going to do. Amen. He is not one to get your hopes up and see him broken. He is not one to give you some kind of, some kind of breathe life into your, into, into your being and then, and then take it away from you. But notice the story as it continues. When the child was grown, it fell on a day. That when he went out to his fathers, to the reapers, he said to his father, my head, my head. And he sent the lad to, his, to carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him... And brought him to his mother. He sat on her knees until noon. And then he died. The one that God had given her that she didn't even ask for. Now is dead. Amen. So she went and came to the man of God on Mount Carmel. And it came to pass that when the man of God saw her afar off. He said to Gehazi. I want you to go to that, to that Shunammite woman. And I want you to ask her these particular questions. Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered. It is well. Amen. Even though when she left, her son that God had given her was dead. And when she came to the man of God, she caught him by the feet. Amen. But Gehazi came near to thrust her away. And the man of God said, let her alone, for her soul is vexed within her. And the Lord has hid it from me and not told me. And then she said, did I desire a son of my Lord? And did I not say, do not deceive? me I didn't ask for this to be disappointed but notice it was faith she said it's going to be all right amen can I tell someone here this morning that God has given you a dream amen you may have even seen life in that dream but then you've watched as that life in that dream goes out of that dream but God wants to resurrect somebody's dream this morning amen but you're going to have to stand up and declare that it is well it is well Hallelujah. Let me tell you, friend, your dream is worth fighting for. Amen. Don't you, don't you get to thinking, well, I, I, I just don't deserve it. Ain't nobody deserves anything. But you've got a great God in your life that wants to give you, amen, the dreams within you. The story goes on. Remember, this all begins with a woman's perception. Amen. In, in chapter 6 and 7, 
there comes a, a bad famine. Verse 25 says, And there was a great famine in Samaria. And behold, they besieged it until uh, an ass's head was sold for three score pieces of silver. And the fourth part of a, of a cab of dove's dung was sold for five pieces. Things were bad. The famine was horrible. And not only that, uh, amen, verse 24 says that it came to pass that Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, gathered all his hosts, and they went and they besieged Samaria. They had the famine. They had the enemy. I mean, they were surrounded. The enemy doesn't care. He don't care if you're down. He don't care if you're, if you're, if you're depressed. He's gonna, he'll kick you even while you're down. This is the part of the story that we read in 2 Kings chapter 7 uh, that Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow about this time, amen, shall a measure of, of flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. And, and the Lord on whose the king, uh, the hand of the king leaned on says, Behold, even if the Lord would open the windows of heaven, might this thing be, it ain't happening, but be Behold, amen, Elisha said, you're going to see it with your eyes, but you're not going to eat thereof. Why would that be? Here, Elisha makes a very profound statement. Things are fixing to change in just 24 hours. But this individual says, it ain't ever going to happen even if God would open up the doors. You've got a woman who has a, a perception of a man of God and God gives her her dream and here you've got a man living in a king's palace that says, even if God did it himself, it ain't going to happen. I want to be the one that says, God, I believe that you can. Even when everything else stands against I want to believe for the miraculous from the Lord. Amen. We're again reintroduced to this Shunammite woman. During the famine, of course, she has to leave her home place. Amen. Elisha tells her, who, again, whose son had he had restored to life, saying, Arise, go thou in thine household, sojourn where, wheresoever you can go. For the Lord has called for a famine, and it shall come upon the land for seven years. You've got you've to go wherever you can get. And the woman arose and did after the saying of the man of God, and even went with her household, and she sojourned in the land of the Philistines for seven years. She had not renounced her property. She had not sold her property, but she had just left it during the famine. And then she returns after seven years. And it came to pass that when the seven years were ended that the woman returned out of the land of the Philistines and she went forth to cry to the king for her houses and for her land. She had been gone for seven years and, and, and now she was wanting to reclaim what she had, her property that she had. And the king just so happened to be talking to Gehazi, Elisha's servant, amen, saying, tell me, I pray thee, all the great things that Elisha has done. And Gehazi says, and it came to pass as he was telling the king that he had restored a dead body to life, that at that moment the woman whose son he had restored, amen, to life, cried to the king for her house and for her land. And Gehazi said, my lord, O king, this is the woman. Isn't it amazing how God puts things together at the exact moment where they need to be? He's just telling the king a story, and all of a sudden, here comes the woman that he's telling the story about. I love the Word of God, don't you? 
And when the king asked the woman and she told him, yes, everything he just said, that's exactly how it happened. So the king appointed to her a certain officer and said, restore all that was hers, all the fruits of the field since the day that she left on the land until now. I'm telling you, friend, if you'll hold on to your perception, if you'll hold on to your view of God and you'll believe that he is a miracle working God, he can and restore. Let's give the Lord a great hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's power in perception. Some will say, well, I, I, I'm not good enough to do it. ain't about your performance. It ain't about how good you've been. Amen. A lot of us are reading the version app. And uh, I don't know if y'all got it. You got your year in review. It showed you how many days you were in the, in the app. It showed you how, how long, how many days you weren't in the app. Hey, no matter if you had a perfect year or not, maybe you didn't even finish your Bible plan. I'm telling you, don't ever think that your performance or that your, 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 uh, your destiny is determined by your performance. It is not because you and I can never perform good enough. But your perception of him. Don't ever let the cruelty of this world change the perception that you have of God. Oh, Pastor, I'll never do that. Let me do, will you not? If you've quit dreaming, if you've quit believing God for the impossible, you have allowed something to change your perception of God. We, we made it through 2020. It was a, it was, well, horrible things happened. It really wasn't a horrible year, but horrible things happened. Just got news this weekend. We had a pastor here in Missouri, Brother, Brother Holman. Not, not Brother Dale Holman, but this is H-O-H-M-A-N. Pastor's in St. Robert. He died yesterday. Been on the ventilator for two weeks. Horrible. Amen. Brother Guy this year, he, he passed away. I don't understand why all that happens. We, we've, we've lost some, some, some very... Wonderful people within our organization. Yes. The, the world has been in chaos. Yes. Amen. And we've made it through it. But I'm telling you, none of that changes who he is. <laughs> Amen. My wife and I celebrated 26 years of marriage. We made it. Or she's made it. In, in those 26 years, I have learned, I've learned some things. Thank God. I wish I learned them a lot quicker. But I learned there's just some things you just don't say. There are some moments when it's just better not to say anything at all. A lot of that has to determine the kind of mood that she is in. My wife is not a morning person. She is the exact opposite of, she's the owl, I'm the lark. <laughs> and I used to think, well, why, why don't she just be like me? Wouldn't that be a lot easier if she's just like me? And I never considered the fact that she may have thought, well, why can't he just be like me? Well, the reality is we're totally different in so many different ways. But I have learned to allow her just to be who she is. She will never be a morning person. Amen. I will never be a, a, a night owl. It's just not going to happen. Amen. But my, my, my point is, amen, that, that 
A lot of times we can get in bad moods if things don't go well. All right, that's probably not a good time to ask. I learned that with my parents. Amen. If they weren't in a good mood, I wouldn't. Have, but when they were gotten, when they were in a good mood, then I could ask them. Let me tell you, God never wakes up on the wrong side of the bed because He never goes to bed. He never sleeps. He never slumbers. He's never. He never allows the conditions of His surroundings to affect who He is. Amen. I, I have. I have. I have witnessed this in my house. My kids have walked in, never said a word, and they looked at me and says. What's wrong with her? And they said the same thing about me. What's, what's his problem? They, they, they could just tell something ain't right. God never changes who he is. He, he, he has been a healer in the past. And if he was a healer in the past, he, that means he is a healer today. He, he was a savior in the past. That means he is still a savior today. He, is a, he was a deliverer in the past. That means he is still a deliverer today. <clears throat> he, is a, he is a giver of dreams in the past. He is still a giver of dreams today. Amen. We're getting ready to land. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says, Now unto him <clears throat> that is able, to do. We serve a God that does things. Amen. And not only does he do things, but he does it exceeding, abundantly, above all that I could ask or even think. But here's the, the part of the verse that blows my mind. According to the power that worketh in me. God has given you and me the power to dream. <laughs> 2021. Brother Hall's mentioned it about resolutions. They usually last on average about three or four weeks. Maybe six if you're lucky. Amen. I remember St. Francis Jim back here behind us the director there told me he said we finance our almost our entire operation based on people's new year's resolutions because there when you would make when you would you get you have a contract so you have to sign up for a whole year and he said man we get all kinds of signups in january and february and I forget the percentage, but way the majority never fulfill. They, or they don't ever come back to the gym, but they still keep their money. Amen. Good intentions. Boy, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Boy, I'm going to change this. Yeah. And, and the reality is, most of us probably need to change a few things. Self-improvement's a good thing. But if you're relying on your own self to accomplish that, you're going to be disappointed. But when you look to Jesus, I'm telling you, church, what he says he, will, he can do, he will do it. And when, when the Bible says old things are passed away, behold, all things are new, it's true. You can be a new creature. God wants to change. And he'll do what he says he'll do. 
But not only that, but he'll do it even further and beyond anything you could ever imagine. Amen. I, I land with this. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 1. I believe in 2021, God is wanting to do something in the lives of, this, of the members of this church and this local assembly that's going to go beyond anything we can imagine. I know that may be a typical thing to say at the beginning of a new year, but I'm, I just feel, I have felt personally that God has given me the challenge to challenge you to dream again, to believe for the impossible, amen, to, to believe that God's going to do what he says. He says, sing, O barren, thou that did not bear, break forth into singing and cry aloud, thou that didst not travail with child. For more are the children with the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. He said, I'm fixing to bless those that everybody else says would never be blessed. I'm fixing to bring into people's lives miracles that people, everybody else said, would never happen. But then he says, I want to give them instructions. You need to start right now. Enlarge the place of thy tent. Stretch forth the curtains of thy habitations. Spare not and lengthen the cords and strengthen thy stakes. For thou shalt break forth on the right and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. What he says is if you really believe this, you're not going to just sit around and say, okay, God, let's see what you got. He says you're going to go ahead and start making preparations. Because you know the things that God has promised. Not, not that you see how he can do it, but you just know that he's going to do it. And so I'm not going to worry about how are the barren going to become unbarren. I'm not going to worry about, uh, amen, how, how it's all going to happen. But I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to enlarge the place of my tent. Uh, I'm going to stretch forth the curtains. Uh, I'm going to start getting me ready. Uh, I'm going to start preparing me. I want God to increase my capacity because I'm believing God is going to do it. He's going to do it. As we stand here today. Miracles, signs, and wonders. Follow them that believe. <laughs> Amen. The Bible says, He confirmed His word with signs followed. God's going to do his part. Amen. What about you? Pastor, you just said it's not about my performance. No, no, I'm not saying. What I'm saying is, are you going to prepare yourself? Are you going to enlarge the tent? Are you going to, are you going to open yourself up and dream again? And believe God again? I know there's many here this morning you have dealt with so much disappointment so much frustration. I, I, I get that. And I'm so sorry. I, I wish that wasn't the case. But that's not an excuse to not believe. That's not an excuse to not dream. Because your circumstances, your frustration, your disappointments, none of that puts God in a box. None of that limits his power. None of that limits his ability, amen, to, to, to push you into your destiny. 
Oh, but pastor, man, I have made so many mistakes. Get in line. All of us have. Ain't a perfect one here. But I'm telling you what I'm going to do. As he told Paul, I'm going to forget those things which are behind me. And I'm going to start reaching for that which is ahead of me. I'm going to start believing God. I don't know. I don't, I don't have to worry about the details. I don't know. But I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to start reaching with my prayers. Amen. With my, with my life, my worship. I'm just, what's, that's what I'm doing. What, what, what are you up there worshiping? What are you doing, Pastor? I, I'm just reaching. I'm reaching for what God has. I want to, I want everything. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to have a, have a low standard here and say, well, maybe I'll just accept that it is what it, no, 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 no. God, you, if you've promised it to me, I want to embrace it. Anybody else here this morning? A marvel to behold. Every single one of you this morning is a marvel to behold. The things that God wants to do and I believe is going to do in your life. It's going to blow our minds. <laughs> Anybody ready? Anybody ready? I, I want to this morning. I want to invite you around the front. You can kneel if you want to kneel. But, but, but really, your, your posture is not what I'm, I'm most concerned about. What I'm, what I'm going to ask for all of us here today is you get in whatever posture you want to get. Stand, kneel, sit, whatever. But I want us for the next few minutes, I want us to tune, tune if we can, everything else out and just have you a one-on-one -on -one meeting with God. I say, God, number one, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and repent because, Lord, when I, when I don't, when I quit dreaming, when I quit believing you for the impossible, I'm basically saying, God, you're not, you're not big enough. You're not good enough. I want, to I want to repent of that thinking, okay? And then, Lord, I want to join back up with you. And I, I, I want to believe you, God. I, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm to tell you, God, I, I've got a lot of, lot of things against me, and I've got a lot of, lot of frailties, a lot of fault. But, Lord, I'm, gonna, I'm reaching out to you, and I'm going to trust you're going to do it. I want to believe again. <laughs> I want to give my per myself permission to believe again. So this morning, as they begin to sing, come on, find you a place, wherever that is. Repent, and then once again, re-engage. Say, God, here I am. I want to see those dreams restored. I want to see them resurrected. I want to see, I know God, you're a God of your word. And you're going to do what you have claimed and declared and promised to do. In Jesus' name.